Hello, this is Rick Ryman, and this is another one of our podcast series on the coronavirus in 2020. Now, as a social scientist, I do not claim to be an expert in epidemiology or any other of the natural sciences, but I do know certain facts about this virus situation because I believe in science. And if you believe in science, you can take some facts to the bank. Now, there's a lot of fewer facts with this coronavirus situation than we would like to have, but we do need to keep mindful of those facts that we do know. And science can help us a great deal. And one of the problems right now is that we live in a society which is discounting the value of science. And this may be fatal to many people in the coronavirus situation we face today. We will talk in a few minutes about the insidious nature of this virus, about which so little is known. And this is one of the major problems. We just don't know very much about this virus. We can't predict the future. We cannot know that the virus will burn itself out in 12 months or 24 months. We just don't know. We don't know whether people who catch the virus and then recover from it are immune or can be reinfected. There's evidence on both sides. But what we do know from historical perspective and from scientific experience is that science offers us the best bank of information that we can draw from to make our prospects as bright as possible. And if we neglect the scientific knowledge that we have, we're going to be back in the same place people were at in 1918, 19, and 20, when there were millions of people who died from the Spanish influenza because the scientific knowledge was so poor. Now, we have a great deal more scientific knowledge today than we ever had back in 1918. But in a crazy situation, we are throwing that knowledge away by acting like science doesn't exist. And so, in a way, we are back at 1918 without the excuse the people back then had, the legitimate excuse. They just didn't have the scientific knowledge that we have today. We have it, but we're ignoring it. Now, I'm referring really to this reopening of the economy, as it's called. And of course, it's nothing like a reopening of the economy. The crazy thing about it is that when you try to reopen the economy, little by little, you're essentially reopening businesses about 25% capacity. And there's no way that those businesses can make a profit. If they were reopened more than 25% capacity, then there would obviously be places of dissemination. So people do seem to realize that they can't just reopen everything without expecting the virus to kill many, many times more than it's already killed. So they have this notion that if we reopen businesses to 25% capacity, then somehow people will not get the virus, and somehow the businesses will be able to be prosperous. 
Of course, we know that no business can be open at 25% capacity and manage to make a profit. What will happen is that more people will be infected without helping the economy. Now, this has to be one of the craziest ideas that I've ever heard. If we maintained a lockdown or a sheltering-in-place policy for, say, one more month or two more months, then we would be able to stop the spread of the virus to an extent that it would be on a downward spiral, and we would at least be looking at the end of the virus in its first wave. There were three waves in 1918 through 20. Churchill in World War II said in one of the darkest times of that war, we are not yet at the beginning of the end, but we are at the end of the beginning. Well, we're not at the end of the beginning. We're at the beginning of the beginning. In the fall, we may have ended the first wave, but later in the fall, we may be entering a much deadlier phase, the second phase. That was what happened in 1918. And by all accounts, we are repeating the mistakes of the past. So we may have something on our hands that is, is, that is as bad, if not worse, than what we faced in 1918. Now, the good news, if there is good news, is that we have much more scientific capacity, knowledge, expertise than we ever had back in 1918. And so there is a chance that we will be able to develop therapies and treatments and even a vaccine which will stop this virus in its tracks. But we can't assume that that's going to happen because... There are many cases in which viruses arise and there never is a vaccine discovered. And the consequence of that is that the virus just has to run its course. And some people talk about herd immunity. Well, herd immunity requires that once you get infected, if you recover, you are immune from that point forward. If this virus follows that pattern, then herd immunity is possible. And that's what some people are predicting. They're saying that within a year or two, 70% of the people will have been infected. Well, there may be hundreds of thousands of dead by that time, but herd immunity should be the eventual result. We can't even be sure that that incredibly high price would pay for an end to this peril. The reason why I'm emphasizing these things, and by the way, I'm just repeating what the scientists are saying, is because I've noticed in the last few weeks more and more people venturing out, having parties, massing together in close formations, maybe to protest, maybe just to have a good time. And the, the, the notion is that it's going away. I don't know what the difference is between that mentality and a medieval mentality that demons and spirits, evil spirits, are abroad in the land and all we have to do is supplicate them and provide 
offerings to them, and somehow this will placate them so that they take the virus away. We surely don't have that mentality, but we're acting like we do because we are doing things that are directly counterproductive to ending this virus. In my own community, I tried to put a message on Facebook to ask people to maintain social distancing when they're out and about in the community, and the moderator of the board took it down, explaining that it was too negative. My response was, it's never negative to try to save lives. Are we children that we can't discuss these in a mature way? And the biggest problem that I see is that people don't have the minimal mental capacity, it seems, to understand that even if they take risks themselves, they won't spread it to other people, such as their elder relatives. Surely they don't want those people to get sick, but they seem to be wooden-headed and oblivious to this reality. So this is where we are on May the 4th, 2020. Hopefully we'll have better news to share in our next update in a couple of weeks.